0: pray together father thank you for another day thank you lord for us being able to gather into your house i pray your blessing as we go into this time and and we open your word and we look at what you've uh, spoken to the uh, prophets and to the disciples and i pray god that it speaks to us today i pray that each one of us in here today hear a word from you that we can be encouraged lord knowing that you care about us and that you are our hope So have your way. Give me the gift of preaching, not for my glory, but for yours, Lord. And when we leave here today, may we be encouraged in knowing that you love us and your grace is sufficient. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Well, you never know what's going to happen in this place, do you, Danny? You know what? I I was... uh, Last week I went home, I want to thank Jim for filling in for me, I went back down home to Bowling Green, took care of some family business, and I went to a church, and they said, will you sing? And of course, you know how that rolls, and so I got up there and I kicked the song off and I stopped right in the middle of it before I even started singing, and I said, here's the thing, folks, we're here to worship, I'm not here to entertain you today. And the same goes true here, we're here to worship, that's what you came here for, It's to worship, not to be entertained. And so we lift our minds and our hearts up upon the Lord, and we're starting a new series today. And in the series that we have for you today, it's going to be over the next couple of weeks, is it's titled Finding Hope in a World of Hurt. If ever there was a time in our country where we need hope, it's today. If ever there was a time in the world where we need hope, it's Today. And so I got to thinking about this, and I thought as the church and and as people who follow Jesus, as disciples of Christ, where do we find hope like that? Do we talk about this anymore? Is it real to us, or is it just something we come and spend an hour and then we go on our merry way? So today, I want to open the scripture. I got to thinking about it, and I looked in the Bible, and I thought, where's a great example of where this kind of thing was happening, and in, in, in First Peter, it's a, a great uh, passage. We're going to look at that in a few moments. But but if I were to ask you today, where do you put your hope? Where is your hope? I got to think, where's my hope at? You know, there was a time in my life when I had a hope and a career. I uh, I wanted to go watch, you know what I mean? You remember those days when you got to go watch some of you young people? I don't know if you remember that, but you could work for 40 years, and they give you a go watch. That was really cool, and I wanted one of those. My grandfather had one. I was working my way up the ladder, and I, my hope was in my job and my career. And, and I'm not telling you that you shouldn't work and that you shouldn't be responsible and have a good job. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that's not supposed to be the end in itself. One day they called me in the office and said, hey, it's the end of the year. We need to talk to you. So I went in there, and I sat down, and they said, you're not working here anymore. And all my hope was in a little brown box that I walked out of the office with. And I called Diane, and I'm standing there with this box, and I'm thinking, wow. Called her and I said, You're not gonna believe this. She said, What what are you doing calling me at this time of the afternoon? I said, I just got fired. She goes, What? She goes, say laid off. That sounds better. (laughs) But that's the way things are in this life. It's ever changing, isn't it? I mean, the only I told somebody the other day the only person in the church that likes change is the babies in the nursery. Would you agree with that? I mean, none of I don't like change. I don't like change at all. Diane, she, you know, washes the dishes and moves something over here, and I, I'm like finding Waldo. To, here's, where's Waldo to get a fork, you know? I hate change. I don't like change at all. None of us do, but, but life changes. And so it's important that we recognize where to put our hope and who our hope is in. And so today I want us to look at a passage of Scripture. It's in First Peter. It's First Peter 1, and here's what it says. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to God's elect, the exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. He's writing this to believers, okay? He's writing to believers, and they're in all these places, all these locations, and they're scattered, and they're God's people. He says, this is writing this through, uh, through God, of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit. Here's what he says, to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkle with his blood, Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Now it's interesting. He he covers a whole array of things right there. Did you catch that? He catches where they are, but he talks about God's you know God's foreknowledge of His people. He talks about sanctifying. Well, there's a word we don't talk about in church anymore. Being sanctified through the Spirit of God that means drawing closer and growing in the knowledge. And then he talks about the blood of Jesus. Man, he's old school, isn't he? Preaching the blood of Jesus, and that's what saves us. Somebody say Amen. Then he says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. Grace and peace. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, with an exclamation point. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth. Into a living hope, there's the word, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish. I want you to watch this. Never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of salvation that is ready to be revealed. Now, when we read this passage of Scripture, I grew up in church, and I would go to Sunday school, and we'd study all these things, but it, it took me until I was an adult to realize this is talking about people with human skin, and this is talking about people who were followers of Jesus in the first century. They had decided to follow Jesus and to, and to surrender their lives to him, and you know what happened? There was this emperor named... Uh, he did, well, he didn't like them. His name was Nero, and he did not like the Christians. And so the story goes that what he did was uh, that th- th- he, he would persecute them. There was a great fire in Rome, so much so that it almost burnt the whole city down. It's called the Great Fire of Rome. Look it up. It's very interesting. And so Nero capitalized on this and said that the Christian movement started that. And you know what happened? These folks who had jobs, these people who had uh, businesses with buildings, and they began to flee. You think they were living in a world that needed hope? You think they were hurting? They didn't even have a box to walk out with like I did. They were on the run. And people said, well, maybe Nero didn't do this, but but he persecuted them regardless, and it was all because of their beliefs. And as the gospel message spread, they spread. He called them atheists because they were monotheistic. They only believed in one God. He said they were atheists. He also said that they were cannibals. Because they practiced the Lord's Supper and they talked about drinking from the cup and the body of Christ, and they said they were—he was doing everything he could to to persecute them. And as a result, they were labeled extremists, and they and they parted out of that uh, com- country in that province. And they were spread, and this passage is written to those folks who were in that situation. And they went to five different provinces, and the and the fact of the matter was, Peter wrote to the early church, and he wrote to them to give them hope. Now I want to ask you something today: Are you here today? Do you need hope in your life? Where is your hope? Where is my hope? Every once in a while we have to take a check and balance on that. And this passage of Scripture that we just read, we see that, that he writes this letter to them, and he's telling them that Jesus is your source of hope as a believer. And that hasn't changed today as Christians. We are given hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He's given us new life, a living hope. And we praise God, he said, through the Father, through Jesus Peter goes on to explain that God's prepared a place for them, and he's protecting it. And the word that he uses is a military word, saying that he's standing guard over it, and it's not going to be destroyed, and it's eternal in the heavens. A few years ago, Rick Warren wrote a book called The Purpose-Driven Life, and I believe everybody in the church here has done a study in that. I love the first phrase in that book. And you know what it says? It's not about me. And you know where the problem starts with us as human beings with our hope? We don't start with God. We start with what we want. We start with our desires. And that's when it starts getting upside down. Can I get an amen on that? Peter is writing to these folks, and he's telling them, we got to start here. you got to start with God. Start from that spot, and it'll be solid. The problem is things in this world, they rot, they rust, and they decay. A few years ago, I went back home, and, and I took Diane. We were down in the country. I said, i want to take you over and show you my childhood where I, where I used to go stay with my granddaddy. He was a sharecropper. And I said, I'm going to take you over and show you this place, this farm. It's like heaven on earth. And we drove down this road, and we were around the country, and Diane's rolling her eyes like, okay, really? i got to do this? Yeah, okay. It's what you do when you're in love. Come on. You know it's true. And so we go over there, and we pull up, and there's this house, and and it's fallen down. I mean, it's not much left. The, the roof had caved in. And I just sat there for a minute, and I thought, wow, I mean, look what 40, 50 years has done to this. It's gone. It's gone. But I remember the memories of my granddaddy sitting out there in his overalls on the, on the front porch with a, with a piece of cedar whittling, you know, and those were great memories, and that hasn't changed in my heart and my mind, but the building was gone. And my point is that everything in this life changes. It changes. And so it's important that we put our hearts and our minds on things eternal, and we keep focused on the priorities. And that's what he's telling them here. Jesus spoke to something like this. In Matthew's gospel, uh, he says in chapter 6, verses 19, he says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Christian hope is alive. It's a living hope, and you cannot see it necessarily always in this world. It's a movement that's been going on for 2,000 years. Can you imagine these folks that followed Jesus? They gave up everything they had, and now all of a sudden they're being persecuted and they're being dispersed because of their beliefs. Do you realize how blessed we are to live in a society where we can pretty much, you know, come in this place, not worry about being persecuted? My, my, my. But the Christian hope is alive, and it's something that we place on eternal things. The truth of of his word stands, and Jesus wants us to trust in him, and it's by the power of his death, burial, and resurrection. Now, this is old school preaching right here, but it's the truth. Our hope is in Jesus, a risen Savior, and that's what he's telling them. Don't place your hopes in the things of this world, but put your trust in God, and we must go through this life. We're here for a purpose. You're here for a reason. Do you know that? God has you on this planet for a reason and a purpose, and that purpose is to bring glory to him. Would you agree with that? And he's telling the church to go forward, to keep preaching, sharing the gospel. Dying hopes are all around us in this world. What's the difference between dying hope and living hopes? One lasts and the other one doesn't. Now, am I preaching against materialism? No, I'm not. think god wants us to be blessed and i think having things are good but when things have us then it gets to be an issue right and so he's telling us to keep it in perspective christians ran for their lives they lost their homes they lost their businesses but they kept their beliefs they kept their beliefs and he writes because he wants them to know that living hope in jesus will produce joy even in the midst of suffering i guarantee you we can go down every row of this church right now and there are people we all oh, have things going on in our lives why would I preach a message like this? Because I want to tell you, as a Christ follower, there's hope in Jesus. And that you may have a four-wheel wagon and three of the wheels have fell off. But I want to tell you something, there's hope in Jesus. And we see examples of this with people in the Bible, after example after example. He writes to them to encourage them. There's a passage of Scripture that says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. The joy of the Lord. Now, if the Lord gives you joy, there's strength in that. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Does that mean your world's going to be perfect and there's not going to be a thing going on around you? Absolutely not. We see it time after time, example after example in the Bible. The truth of his word is that God is with you today. He was with these folks even as they were being dispersed throughout the first century. Think about this. They had the Old Testament. They didn't even have a New Testament to, to study. Hello. What'd they do? What did they do? They gathered together. They read the scriptures that they had. They talked about Jesus and they took communion. And the gates of hell did not stop that church. Did not stop that movement. And the joy of the Lord was their strength. Even when things didn't look good, I'm reminded of the story in the book of Acts where Paul's preaching the gospel. And they, they come and get him, and they throw him in jail, and, and they strap him to a, a chain. They chain him to another guy, and they're chained together in this in this jail. And it, it wasn't quite like what we have today, And not, not that either one of them are good, but this was a dark hole kind of a place. Can you imagine? I could just see me if that was. I knew this was going to happen. I told you, Diane, if I took this church and I was going to. This is what would happen. I told you. That's what I'd probably be saying. did? About midnight, he started singing. He started lifting his voice to the Lord. (laughs) They probably thought he was crazy. But the joy of the Lord was lifted in that place. And you know what happened? It was long before Elvis, there was a jailhouse rock. And as a result of that, what he did, of that testimony, there were people's lives changed. The jailer, Gave his heart to the Lord, and I think it changed his whole family's life. You see, that's what will happen when we get our eyes and our hearts on the right things. Now, listen to me. I'm, I'm not trying to minimize pain and things that we go through in this life because we all experience it. There's not hardly a day goes by that I don't talk to somebody that's saying, you know, I'm hurting. Man, I'm hurting. I need I need to help, help me. Talk to me. And what I say to them is, you know, listen, we can trust God to get us through this. It doesn't mean that it doesn't hurt, but God's going to get you through this. It may not seem like it today, but I promise you better days are ahead. <laughs> think about these folks, this story we just read. I mean, I used to think these guys were stained glass saints that didn't have any skin on them. As I t- and, and, and now I see that they were just like us, hot messes, some of them. And God worked through them. And he'll work through you. We just have to trust him and give it to him. And so we see that that, that the gospel message goes forward and, and we see that the church goes on. And, and even in the struggles, there's hope. Even in the struggles, there's hope in Jesus. And he can produce peace. Jesus called them all in there before he left. You remember the story? And he said, in this world, you will have tribulation. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not what I signed up for. I got the first-class thing over here, and I don't want no tribulation because I'm a believer, right? I'm not supposed to suffer. Let me tell you something. If our Savior suffered, what makes us any better? Come on. He said, in the world, you will have tribulations. I wish I could tell you, you wouldn't. You will. But he didn't stop there. Krishna, he didn't stop there. You know what he told him? He said, be of good cheer because I've overcome the world. You hold on that today, brother and sister. You hold on to that truth that He overcame the world and that He can get you through whatever it is you're going through. Amen? It might be white knuckling all the way through, but He will get you through it. I'm so grateful. Let's stop for just a minute. Let's look back. Look back in your life. Where were you 10 years ago? you having some things going on in your life and kind of not knowing what you're going to deal with. Yeah, 20 years ago, I thought I was going to lose my marriage. It's an honest program we got going here. I'm just going to tell you straight up. But God worked that out. She's sitting right here today. That's grace. Why did I tell you that? You know why I told you that? Because I want to tell you that God can work in your life, and he will work in your life. And there's hope in Jesus. And the things of this world, they're going to rot and rust. But the eternal hope that we have in Christ will last forever. Where do we turn in a world that's hurting? We turn to Jesus. If we don't, it's kind of like the old boy went to the county fair. The old country fellow went to the county fair, and they had just a certain amount of money. Him and his wife, they went down there, and and he he spent his money throwing uh, donuts at hoops, you know, trying to win, and throwing uh, ping pong balls trying to get a goldfish and all that kind of stuff and he had a little money left 15 cents I think it was Danny he went over to the merry-go-round and he said I'm gonna ride this thing his wife said what do you th- we only got And he got on the merry-go-round and he just kept putting money in it and he kept riding he kept riding around and around he went and he got off his wife said well you feel better he said yeah she said well y'all till you, you spent every dime we had you went round and round you got off the same place where you started and that's how it is. spinning our wheels the joy of the Lord is our strength our hope is in Jesus in a world that hurts we see it over and over James says that every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord the Father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows God is a river of every good and perfect gift but Satan wants to steal our joy and we can overcome that we do have trials but in those trials and tribulations we can learn we have experiences that we can grow from. Dr. David Jeremiah said this. He said, it seems to be the universal testimony of those who suffer that it is a very clarifying experience for them. Pain is the type of preparation like no other, allowing the unimportant to fall away and the critical to rise to the top. Sometimes when we go through things, we recognize really what the priorities in life are, don't we? It doesn't take but one situation in life, it'll turn. We all experience pain. But where's our hope? Our hope is in Jesus. Jesus said in John 16, I've told you these things. I've told you these things, Jesus says. Why? So that in me, in me, you have peace. In me. He's talking about himself. And so Peter's telling the believers that were scattered abroad, that while things may be difficult, he's reminding them that this world is temporary, but salvation is eternal, and that we're to keep our eyes on the Lord. Peter, as he wrote to the early church, he's telling them you have to decide where your hope is because there there's many that will may, may, may ridicule. There's many times that that will happen. There may be suffering, but you have to finish the race. Now, you guys know I'm about as athletic as this music stand right here. But I do know this. I've watched the Olympics, and I like to watch them run. I think that's really cool when they do the running events. But have you ever noticed when they're running, they come around the first turn, and, and they're man, they're getting it, and their arms are going, and they're are stretching and they're going, man, and then they come around the next one, I don't know how many turns there are, but when they come around the last one, That's not supposed to be that funny, how many are there, four, okay, you can't make this stuff up, okay, I mean, I really am stupid on this, comes around the last one, the fourth one, thanks Greg. Think about this. When he comes around that last turn, seriously, think about this, or she comes around that last turn, what are they doing, man? I mean, they are pouring it on, aren't they? And I love that because they're coming down that lane, and the line is down there, the finish line, and, and they're running, and you can see their heads are up and their arms are going, and, man, I mean, they're making those strides and sweats, and they're just giving it everything they got. And when they get up close, they pop out like this, and they touch that. And that's so cool, isn't it? And everybody celebrates. And it's the same way in the Christian says run the, run the race run the race and finish and as we come around that fourth turn that last turn god's with us and god is with you today and he's for you today And you need to know that we're in a spiritual race and we need to finish big you and i have to decide where is our hope where is our hope The apostle Paul sat in prison cell and he wrote to the church at Philippi, and here's what he said, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Suffering is part of life. My dad, I used to go to my dad when I was little, and I'd say, dad, that's not fair. (laughs) And my father in his wisdom would look at me and say, son, life isn't fair sometimes. For you today, and Jesus died for your sins and died for all of our sins. The early church had a different perspective on suffering, I think, than we do. And when they saw it and did it, they thought it was a privilege. I'm going to tell you, man, I'm not the first one to jump in line when it comes to suffering for Christianity. Sometimes I'm like, Lord, I don't, you know, I'll do this, but make it easy on me. Come on. But they counted it all joy when they were suffering for the cause of Christ. When I pray, I try to avoid suffering. Sometimes I don't like to be ridiculed or persecuted. I was talking to somebody the other day, and and, uh, I was at my house, and and there was a couple people came by that were workers, and they said, hey, man, we heard you got some Harley Davidsons. Can we see those? I'm like, hey, yeah, come on over, you know. Open the door, we go in, and we start talking motorcycles. We get about five minutes into the conversation. The guy says, so what do you do for a living, man? I said, I'm a preacher. And he went, what? And he goes, you got all these motorcycles? and I yes I said and, and God's been good to me and, and I like to ride and he said wow he said where are you pastor at I said Burlington Baptist Church I said where do you live he said Burlington I said I'd love to see you come to my church and visit with us oh wait a minute man I'm not I don't know I didn't know I'm going to get in all this he starts walking out the door I'm going wait don't you want to see the bike come on we're going to look at the other bike we have opportunities to share, right? We are the source to share the source of hope. And Jesus is the hope. But for a split instant, when he asked me what I did for a living, I thought, well, if I tell him, it's going to kill this conversation. Because I, I knew. I just knew. But you know what? I stand proudly for the cause of Christ. I've been ridiculed before. Because I don't know anything about sports. <laughs> I heard Jim Willems was doing a dance and everything up here last week. <laughs> about sports. Here's the thing. Suffering will either draw us to God or from God. When our hope is in Jesus, we can turn to God. When our hope is in Jesus, we can turn to God. And our faith will grow as we grow closer to God. And sometimes it does come as a result of pain, but not always. So just like the early church, the question is, where do we find hope when we have a world of hurt around us? And my prayer is that each of us will turn to God and turn to Jesus. Jesus Christ is the source of a believer's hope and we are given hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and because of that resurrection we have hope for eternity and this isn't all there is and someday we'll gather home and we don't have to guess where we're going to spend eternity because our hope is in a risen Lord years ago there was a great preacher his name was D.L. Moody and uh, I love to read his stuff and and he made this comment about hope. I want to close with this. Here's what he said. He said, Someday, someday you'll read in the papers that D. L. Moody of Northfield is dead. Don't you believe a word of it. At that moment I'll be more alive than I am now. And I shall have gone higher than all is, than all is, and out of this old clay tenement into a house that is immortal, a body into a body that cannot that sin cannot touch, and that sin cannot taint. And it's a body that's fashioned in his glorious image. And I will be born in, I was born in the flesh in 1837, but I was born in the spirit in 1856. And that which is born of flesh may die, but that which is born of the spirit will live forever. That's our hope, folks. That's our hope. Our hope is in Jesus. You know, at New Testament, we see a situation where Paul and Barnabas, they were both followers of Christ and they got sideways with each other. What? They must have been Baptists. No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying. And it got so bad that they had to separate. But they did come back together. They rest, uh, rest, you know, restored their relationship to each other as, as Christian brothers. But when we see this, they were so closely united, and we see them separate. It, it, examples of this are written in the Bible, I think, to give us uh, an example of how we can be restored to each other. It's a great comfort to us to hear that the great saints who have the Spirit of God also those who say that saints do not sin would deprive us of this comfort, and I agree with that. I mean, look at Samson. Look at David and many of the other guys in the Bible. The Holy Spirit, a lot of them fell into grievous sins, that they did. The Holy Spirit pulled them out. Job and Jeremiah even cursed the day they were born, and they got books named after them. Hmm. Elijah and Jonah were weary of lies here's what I want you to remember, and then we'll close with this. No one has ever fallen so grievously that he may not rise again. Conversely, no one stands so firmly that he may not fall. And if Peter and Barnabas and Paul and Jonah and Elijah and all those fell, we fall too sometimes. And if they rose, we too can rise. And that rising is in Jesus, and our hope is in Jesus. And I want to encourage you today. Take that and trust that, that God is for you, and that your hope is in Jesus today, no matter what's going on. I know life's tough, and I understand that. We all have things, but God has got you in his hands. Not only has he got you, but he wants us to share this message. Amen? And as we go out into the world, we should be beacons of hope, and beacons to share the message of hope with others. And It's my prayer that you'll do that this week. Pray with us. Father, thank you for hope that is in Jesus, our Lord. Thank you for the privilege that we've had to come in this place to worship you today. I pray as we close this service with song, that we'll be renewed and that our hope will be renewed and our strength will be renewed in you. And may we be encouraged to know that you are with us. And as the God of the universe, you extend your hand to each one of us. And you give us hope. All our hope is in you, Lord. going to ask you to stand with us. We're going to sing.